You're listening to This Is Us, Episode 2, with Joanne Philomena from Joanne the Life Coach Podcast, author of Widowed. This Is Us, Season 1, Episode 2, is titled The Big Three, and this was directed by Ken Olin. I'm joined today by co-host Mary Woods, who is a fan and listener of Sister Speak podcast. If you listen to episode one, you'll remember Sister Kay from Sister Speak, who joined me to co-host the premiere episode of this podcast. On this recording today, we had technical difficulties with the recording software and lost the first few minutes entirely of our show. It happens in this industry. Fortunately, in editing the rest of our show, it was able to be cleaned up enough to save for you. So I'm going to break down the first few minutes and then you'll hear Mary Woods joining in. Though the recording quality is not optimal that we like to put out there, I do hope you enjoy the episode. Our episode picks up in what must now be the mid-1980s, given that the triplets, our big three, are now eight years old. And it seems that over time, time has taken a little toll on the relationship between Jack and Rebecca. Uh, We open seeing that it's morning and Rebecca is getting breakfast for the kids. The boys have cereal. Uh, The mom directs Kate, who we see is already kind of pudgy, to a bowl with cantaloupe and cottage cheese. Jack comes downstairs, takes one look at what (laughs) Kate is eating, says yuck, and starts to pour her a bowl of cereal, much to Rebecca's dismay. There's a little friction there. Um, And then Jack walks over and picks up cold old coffee in the coffee pot and says, hey, And she says, do I need to show you where the coffee is? (laughs) So clearly it's not quite as lovey-dovey as it had been. (laughs) No, actually it looks a lot like real life has truly begun for for this family. No more fairy tale, no more fantasy. Real life has set in. Right, right. So, um, but you know, he brings it back around. He like leads the twins through their big three cheer. Yes, was that, that was really cute. cute. That, was, that, that cute? was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it made Rebecca smile again. I mean, you see her at the counter, and she starts smiling, <laughs> listening to this. And then he comes over to her, because he's leaving for work, and says, do you want me to show you where my mouth is? <laughs> <laughs> so they still have some of that cute banter back and forth, and, you know, she laughs and kisses him. <laughs> but you're right, you're right, a lot of that early... Shine has begun to wear off, and it's settled into a, the realistic relationship. <laughs> it has. You know, you really. know something else? It's it not just wore off. It seemed to be a little leaning more towards um, uh, uh, the mother end of the family than the dad. The dad comes down, has breakfast, and, you know, makes everybody laugh. But she's got to, you know, really get in the grind and figure out who eats what, who has to be where. And it looks, you can tell that it's wearing right. on her. She's really yeah. invested in, you know, the day-to-day. <laughs> Right, right. So, and later that day, you know, we see, I mean, we can cut cut back to Kate. This show jumps back and forth so much, but sometimes I like to just jump ahead a little bit to try to keep everything for one character. And we see later that day, like after work, Jack is 
having several glasses of bourbon with his friend. Yep. And he's bitching a little about his frustrations with the marriage to his friend Miguel. You know? Yeah, it looks like they're having their um looks like they do this quite frequently, but maybe Jack a little more so than Miguel, you know, or at least he uh partakes a little bit more than Miguel, drinks quite a bit. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And, you know, hey, Miguel makes the comment saying, hey, it's only 503 yeah. and that's your second bourbon. <laughs> right? Yep. 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 Yeah. And when Jack is kind of bitching about his marriage, saying, you know, it's hard to see the woman I married sometimes. And Miguel is saying, the thing is, your wife is the gold standard of wives. <laughs> You know, great personality, greater ass, and you married way, way above your station. You know, I mean, right? <laughs> Only a true friend could actually tell him like it was. And he and, uh, I think so. right, got right in there and told him exactly how he felt about it. I think he could put up yeah. with the drinking. He could put up with, you know, a little bit of the venting. But when it came to the wife, I think that was it for Miguel. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> you got more than you think right, you have. Right, right. Yeah, and he says something like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't give her reason to notice that you married above your station, right?" Um, so yeah, Miguel kind of lays it out there for Jack a little bit, Absolutely. you know, getting on him, on him about how much he's drinking, and you know, like, "Hey, don't forget what a great lady you've got." So that's pretty cool. Um, they do a cutaway over to Kate. Who's on an elliptical? <laughs> yeah, in the gym, hating life, hating everybody in the gym. She's eating a lot. Yeah. yeah, right, right. And Toby's there. The boyfriend is yep. there, and um, she says something about how are you losing weight and I'm not. <laughs> you know, and he he makes a comment something about I think I'm more serious about this than you are, and she just cracks up. She just cracks up. But you can see that's starting to wear, too, yes. you know? Yes. Yeah. I agree. I think she's pretty much at her end with everything and everybody at this point. Well, it gets there. It gets there when you're trying to do this. <laughs> I mean, boy. But then it kind of zooms to the future a little bit. You see um, Randall is worrying about his dad. Mm -hmm. He and Beth are in bed and talking about how long William's going to stay. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think his wife, Beth, isn't as down with this as he is. No, <laughs> I, I agree. I yeah. agree. If she had her way, she, she, I think she'd want a lot more information than just, hey, let's have this guy come live with us. So I think she's very right. worried about what it could do to the family and to her husband. I guess she knows what type of person he is. So, yeah. Right. That shows a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think so. And he's saying, you know, it's not like I'm going to kick somebody out when they've got stomach right. cancer. Right. You know, I, I just really let me get him to a doctor mm -hmm. first and see what the doctor yep. says. But she's still really suspicious, yes. especially when they go down in the morning and William asks if he can have a few dollars for Buckfair. Yes. I, I, I guess she was probably right? thinking, oh, God, here we go. Now we're supporting his habit. Or that's that's what her face showed. Like, now we got to give this guy money on top of everything else. So, yeah, she was pretty much done with it at that point. <laughs> I yeah. think so. I think so. And then he returns really late. Like, you see um, William, or Randall and Beth in the yeah, room like, with their girls watching TV, and they put the girls to bed. 
Yeah, so he's been gone all day and, you know, most of the night. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they're, they're pretty suspicious about him. And then we jump to seeing Kevin. And he is in a meeting with his agent about having left the yes. Manny TV yes. show. Yeah. And it's all pretty bad news exactly. for Kevin. Because what they tell him is, wait a minute, you are under contract for two more years. You can't do anything. I was, I was you know, a little like, curious as to what he actually expected um, of the meeting. Did he really think that everything was just going to be super peachy with him just like, hey, I'm just going to walk out of here. So I'm, not, I'm surprised that he was surprised <laughs> that you know, they weren't going to just know. walk away like that. I, but it looks like he yeah. thought he could just walk away. And maybe go yeah, do something else, you know, and she's like, oh, no, no, no. The network <laughs> owns you. You cannot work for any other studio during that two-year time period. I mean, I think he knew he was under contract, but maybe it didn't sink into his brain at the time that he got the show and signed all that stuff that he was absolutely, he was not going to be able to yeah. do anything else during that time period. I think so, it kind of put him in his place, so the yeah. man he wasn't quite as important to everyone as he thought it might have been so he didn't have the status that he thought he had that he could just walk away and just be his own man at least not at that time right right yeah that wasn't going to work at all as a matter of fact she pressures him because she says look i'm having a party and you know the president of the network is there and you need to show up and you need to apologize and Get your job back on the set. It's almost like he reverted you know. back to a little, like the little eight-year-old Kevin. He was just like, okay. He took his hat off, and he's just his whole demeanor changed. He's like, okay. He's, there's nothing he could do. He didn't even know how to right. uh, how to respond. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, I think yeah. he was really thrown by it, and you know, I don't think he was all in that. Yeah, okay, I'm going to come crawling back to them at your party. But she's like, no, you know, you, this is what his agent is telling him. You must do. You must show up at my party and try to make peace with the, with the network president, you know? Um, So he, as usual, turns to Mm -hmm. his sister for advice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And again, Kate tells him, you know, hey, you go in there and you just tell them, (laughs) Manny out. That's all I got to do. Yep. Yeah. You're right, Kate. Manny out. <laughs> that, that's all you got to do. And he said, what did I do those first two minutes without you? <laughs> she said, you cried and crapped a lot. <laughs> so, um, but then he asked Kate to be his date. He wants her to come to the party with him. And you panic in her eyes. Now, this is probably the first time that I got a little edgy watching the two of them. I'm like, come on, dude, you got to know that this is probably not going to be, you know, you know, a super happy, fun time for her. But I don't know. I don't think he cared. I think he was just kind of thinking about himself. Like, well, Kate's going to get me out of this and, you know, I'm going to be okay. But I was a little edgy when I heard that come the the, the back and forth between those two. That was the first time I ever thought, uh, I don't know about this, Kevin. I don't, I don't know about you and your, you know, your position in this relationship. So. Right. 
Well, I think he depends on her an awful lot. And in his mind, it was like, how can I even deal with doing this unless I have Kate there with me? Yeah. I can't even do this if she's not there. And what is the first thing she says? It's the first thing every overweight woman would say. Nothing I have nothing (laughs) to wear. I don't have anything to wear to this. You know, and we already know that Kate is pretty obsessed about her weight and how she looks. And now she's being drug into this Hollywood party. No, it's not just just any party, but this is a huge, glamorous Hollywood party. So everything is going to be magnified, extra glamorous, probably extra thin because they're in L.A. So, yeah, she's got, like, double duty to worry about now. So. I, I could not imagine. Right. I, I, I got right. a few extra pounds and, on me. I could not imagine and, having to put up with that. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to wear. <laughs> nothing to wear. Nothing to wear. So, which is, I totally get it. When you've, all of a sudden, everything in your closet is a size too small. And, you know, it's like, come on. There is nothing. They cut to her now. She's at her yes, yes. diet support group. <laughs> She's back there, and um, yeah, she kind of loses kind of. it. Like at the diet support group, <laughs> I know. Well, the people there are all yep. sharing their wins, right? And you you get this. I mean, I've done diet support groups like Weight Watchers, and you know, having to sit through everybody talking about how they managed to not eat a cookie, and you're just kind of rolling your eyes. And I think she was in that place. You know, and there was like a woman saying, I threw that bag of Wendy's out of my car and I went home and had a salad and they all applauded her right, for her strength to just throw those burgers out the window of the car, go home and eat salad. And then the skinny girl, yes. again, the one that's really thin, says, I know you think I'm ridiculous, but I have body distortion. And this is real. Mm-hmm. I mean, her emotional pain for this woman is Probably just as intense as yep. if she were over 300 yep. pounds, right? Maybe even worse. I know she gets made fun of or, you know, kind of gets the side eye in the support group because she's like this little tiny thing saying, I have seven extra pounds around my stomach. But the truth is that for her, if her emotional pain is just as intense as theirs because she has a distorted concept of what her body is, it's going to be even more so. Right. There is just no exactly nobody can her. understand what she's going through, and because they don't see it, so yeah, I, right. I, I can totally understand. Yeah, that. they like look at her, and she's thin, and she's in all the same emotional pain that somebody who weighs three hundred pounds is in, because she looks in the mirror and she basically sees the same thing they do. She has the same judgments about her body that they do if they look in a mirror. Well, Kate can't take it. <laughs> Kate cannot take it. And that's where she becomes unglued at her. And she tells, what does she say to her? She says, when you feel that way, just get on the damn scale. Yeah, right. And, and, it says and when the scale says, <laughs> that's right, when the scale says 105, then you know you're not fat. Yeah, she was not identifying with any of it. The Wendy's food out the window, the 100-pound, no, she was not feeling anybody. It just put her over the edge. And then she even yells at the Wendy's lady and tells her, she calls her a litter bug. You're just a litter bug throwing that Wendy's out your window. So 
<laughs> so Toby gets her to one side to calm her the heck down. I mean, he's like, "What? what's going on? You just hulked out at a bunch of fatties. <laughs> Take a break. <laughs> Isn't he the best boyfriend ever? I mean, he, he is almost perfect for her because for all of the weight that she's carrying, I don't mean physical weight, but the mental weight, he's so yeah. self-deprecating that it kind of just like loosens her up so much. I think they're just so perfect, so awesome together. I love him. It's true. It's true. But you know what? He's still, to me, really superficial in this series. Oh, you think so? Wow. Okay. I think, I mean, they don't, they haven't given his character any real depth. Right, right. You know, like, I'm thinking, do we even know what he does for a living? Did I miss that? Um, yeah, I don't think, yeah. I don't think he's, yeah. I don't think they've mentioned that. You're right. Yeah, I forgot to, yeah. So, see, his character is just this kind of little surface, humorous, compassionate thing, but there's really no, I want to know more about Toby. <laughs> I, I want to know more about Toby. But anyway, when she tells him what's going on, she then tells him about the whole Hollywood party thing with her brother and her brother's agent. And Toby is, like, so down with this because he knows exactly who that agent yep. is. <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, he is so impressed, and he's like, you have to take me to this with you. You have to, right? And again, she's like, you know, I can't, I can't do it, don't have a dress, nothing fits. And then he begs her, you know, (laughs) trying to convince her how much fun they're going to have. I know, I know, but she's like... Totally, like she went to buy a dress for the party and nothing fit. She's not losing weight. She's starving. I think yeah. she tells him yeah, all she this. Doesn't and so that's, all that yeah. that's what's up, right? That's what's up. Nothing. I went to buy a dress. Nothing fits. I'm not losing weight. I'm hungry. <laughs> but he's totally wanting this. So, um, and we, I think it's, is it at that point that he, actually gives us a glimmer of depth to his character because he says he tells her how many times they've gone out how many times they've kissed and their plane is headed right right into the boyfriend girlfriend exactly i think he asked her to for one night let's not have um weight be an issue or let's not think fat or something right yeah something like that right Right. he's like i'm i'm preparing for landing on that plane (laughs) but not if everything is always going to be about our weight right right and he yeah he asked her for one fat free night That's what he said. Fat free night. That's it. That's it. Fat free night. Yeah. Give me one fat free night. So um, she does. She does. And then we we cut back again to. um, Did we go back to Rebecca with the kids? No. They cut back to Kate being put to bed by her mom when she's eight years old. Oh, that's where you see Rebecca tucking the kids in before he comes back home after the bar. Yep. And as she starts to leave her room, Kate says, Mom, I only ate fruit today. Yeah. Looking for approval. Yes. And Becca just sighs and comes back to tell her, I just want you to be healthy and I want you to be happy. Right. And how about we find a healthy balance together? Mm -hmm. And then you hear the boys fighting. 
So you're right. When you were talking about Rebecca feeling like she has taken it all on, yes, yes. like she's the mom, because now she's tucking this one into bed and dealing with the weight issues with an eight-year-old, and now the boys are, like, tearing each other apart in the other room. And, you know, this really got to me because when she went in there, Kevin, little eight-year-old Kevin says, everyone thinks it's weird that we're brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and when she goes over to Randall, Randall says, can you force him to be nice? Uh. Right. And you start to realize maybe, you know, it's so wonderful to have this mixed family, but there's going to be issues. There. Yes. And that, that's just the beginning of the issues. You, you've not just got outside um, influences, but then sometimes that creeps into the, the inner circle of the family. So the, the, the boys are fighting right. amongst themselves in their own home about, you know, what other people say about uh, Randall. So, yeah, that was kind of heart, right. heartbreaking there to see that. That was really yeah. heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, that was Kevin saying. Everyone thinks it's weird that we are yep. brothers. But Rebecca's the only so. one. I think she, um, unlike Jack, realizes that these are three separate people. These three children that we have yep. are three very distinct personalities. And I think she knows how to, um, I, I don't know, uh, attend to each one of them indi- individually. But I don't think uh, Jack has any clue that that's what it takes. Or at least not yet. I, I don't know what's going to happen you yeah. know, in the coming years. But, yeah, so she's got a lot on her plate. Yeah, she yeah. She does well, I think. I see that. I see that because Jack just t- kind of tends yes, to be dad with all three. Party time. Yeah. That's home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then after all that, we see Jack finally showing up home really late. <laughs> Rebecca's sitting up on the sofa <laughs> waiting for arms, him. Arms folded. Yeah. 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 And he's, you know, you can tell he's more than half buzzed. He's more than half buzzed, and he says something about, you know, being sorry about coming home so late, really wanted to get their relationship back on track, and drunkenly tries to hand her a jewelry box, saying, you know, this is a peace offering that I've paid way too much for, but I want to get us back mm. on track. And um, she doesn't even take it from him, I don't think. I know she doesn't open it. And she says, she says something about, we're at a six. Yes, parents. yes, and the kids deserve a ten, a nine, yeah, a yeah. nine. She says she wants parenting to be a nine, and then she says she feels that she is at a nine parenting because she's doing all this. You know, she's dealing with the boys, she's dealing with Kate. She's a nine, and he's not when he's drinking. She said, "When you're not drinking, when you're there, you're better than I am with uh-huh. them." But when you're drinking, you're just nowhere even close. And that's when she kind of lays down the law, saying it has to stop. Yeah. So, you know, it becomes clear that his drinking really has yeah. become an issue yeah. in yeah, their marriage. I don't, yeah. I, he obviously hasn't but he's doing yet. It a lot. So even Miguel trying to tell him about how many he was having when they were having uh, drinks after work, uh, it still never hit home that the drinking yeah. is the issue. It's not anything else. Well, I think he knows. That's why he stopped and bought her jewelry on his way drunk. Oh, home. okay, okay. Right? Because he says this right. is a peace offering. The- so he knows that he has screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> He knows. And we do later see him sitting there and he Miguel calls and it goes on the message machine. And he's listening to Miguel apologizing, saying, you know, I think I might yep, have yep. overstepped. 
the bounds. Yeah, but with he really did I mean, if he's his friend, he needed to tell him that. He need and you know Jack needed to hear it. But yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that was a little uncomfortable to watch. It was a little uncomfortable to watch that because I really love them as a couple. Yeah, they are adorable. Yeah. Well, now we fast forward to Toby in a suit and a fedora door for their night of show business. Was he not dressed ridiculous? Like, <laughs> like would you go with him? <laughs> I like that type of guy that'll just, you know, that self-deprecating, you know, fun all out. So I would, yes. But yeah. I know Kate was probably rolling her eyes like, oh, really? What have I gotten myself into? Well, yeah. But yeah, he's a little over the top. <laughs> she's still fit. But I have to say, when she opens up the door in that dress, I'm like, yeah. oh, and she had nothing to wear. I mean, that was, this was a great dress, right? It was sassy. It was short. It was hitting her. I yeah, know. Yeah. I know. She, did, she did a good job. She really did a good yeah, job. Yeah. She didn't go. I thought she might have, like, been overly cautious and just, you know, wore something super long and super covering. But I thought she was smart and sexy. And I was actually surprised <laughs> to see the dress that she picked out. So, right. Yeah. Right. Actually, I think it was, like, not really consistent with her character or how she was feeling. You know? Yeah, good. Yeah, you're I right. I mean, I could have handled it if she had that dress on, but then had like a big bulky sweater on over top of it, <laughs> trying to hide. Because you know, I've been there with the weight issues before. I coach people on weight issues, mm-hmm. and you know, to have the self confidence to put on a dress like that is a lot when yep. you are dealing with obesity. So you know, I kind of questioned that. But anyway, they they go to the party, and Toby immediately go gravitates to the dance floor, right? Yep. He's like pulling her onto the dance floor, and he starts busting out his moves, and you know she's dancing a little. She's like not totally letting loose, but then she looks around. Yes. She sees, or at least she thinks she sees, everybody staring at them and laughing. Laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Which I question whether that's really happening or if that's what she's seeing. Like people at the party laughing and she thinks they're laughing at her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? It could have been a little bit of both because, I mean... To be honest, they were kind of standing out, not just because they were dancing, but they were really dancing and really having fun and really letting loose. And most of the other people were just kind of social socializing in little groups and drinking and things like that. So there might have been a little bit of both. Them laughing at, oh, hey, look at those guys just going all out. But, right. you know, in her right. mind, like you said, it was magnified, you know, tenfold. Ooh, so, really yeah, they're not having fun with us. They're laughing at us. So, yeah, that was that was a pretty big blow. That That scene was kind of rough. Yeah, it was. And Toby's solution was to get Kate drunk. Yes. <laughs> right? Didn't he say, let's, let's get drunk? Worst idea ever. <laughs> let's get Kate drunk. In the meantime, Kevin is now face-to-face with the network president. <laughs> and he apologizes. For the scene he made on the set of the Manny, yeah, was that just like his agent told him to apologize? Yeah, was that Brad Garrett that that in that role? Was that? Yeah, that it was. was. Yeah, okay, that I like, was I like Brad him. Garrett. I couldn't remember. I was like, is that Brad Garrett? Yeah, that's him. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And he goes through all his apologies, and then he says something like, you know, can can I just go with God? <laughs> can we just can we just all just move on from this now? And um. 
the president basically tells him, if I'm forced to recast you, I'll be forced to Nagasaki your life and career. Right? It was really awkward because the president starts talking about what's important to him. Mm-hmm. Which was, wasn't it like a, a home, some other country with his favorite wife? Right, he says, right. my favorite wife. And that's where I want to be two years from now. And this little mediocre comedy is what's going to get me there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he just really slays He, does. he eviscerates him right there. And, and I was kind yeah. of, I think this is the first, well, this, this is when I was, actually annoyed at Kevin. I started to get a little bit annoyed at him when they had the conversation he and Kate about even going to the party. But then mm-hmm. he's there he is just out there with again no plan. He's just you know, what else was his boss gonna do? He didn't have any he didn't have any counter. He didn't have anything to, you know, kinda lay his hat on. He was just kinda like Okay, yeah. and then he just gets crushed, and now he's that, you know, eight-year-old kid again, you know, just kind of yeah. slumping in the chair, like, where's my sister Kate? So I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed with this character. I mean, there's still hope, right. but at this point, this is, as I'm watching, I'm like, I don't know about this guy. I hope he doesn't get anybody hurt, but Yeah, see. yeah. <laughs> but, but you're right, yeah. The president just really slayed him, cut him down, and then told him, you know, your whole life and your career, I'm just going to blow it apart. Yeah. If you if you don't come back to set. So he immediately goes to seek out Kate because, you know, he's needs he needs Kate. Kate because he's just been eviscerated again. Right. And meanwhile, Kate is so drunk that she is flinging shot glasses against the wall. <laughs> Kate became Toby. <laughs> oh, I know. She was just gone. Gone. And I think Kevin immediately realized that his main support was not there. <laughs> okay. Kate was not going to be able to let him cry on his shoulder at that point in time. So he phones Randall, which I think this is the first time we see an exchange between yes. us in the present day. Yes, day. yes. Is yeah, that right? the last time they were fighting as eight-year-olds, you know, fighting about um, yeah, uh, why he's different and things like that. So, yeah, right. And as a matter of fact, while he's dialing Randall, you get that little quick flashback mm-hmm. that shows them coming off the bus at school, and all the kids are bullying. Yeah, Randall. saying here's yeah, Webster, yeah. calling him Webster, and you notice as they're coming off the bus, this is. A, a white mm-hmm. school. It looks like Randall is the only black child on yep. that bus. Yep. So, yeah, that's going to draw in bullying, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So he flashes on all that while he's calling Randall. Yeah. Yeah. And he calls Randall and he tells him about the show situation. And Randall says, um, oh, because you care about what I think. You, yeah, that was that was pretty sharp. That was, uh, yeah, that, that was, was salty. Very yeah. salty. I agree. That was that was salty. But then Kevin says, "I, I was not a very good brother to you, was mm-hmm. I?" So it, it implies that there's never been a whole lot of closeness between the two of them. There's still that little mm-hmm. bit of friction. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't know if um, Kevin has ever. 
and I, I don't know. Well, there's, there's a lot to be told with the rest of the series, but do you think that little flashback was him having second thoughts about calling Randall for advice or for support, or does he just always know that, hey, I, I could never call Randall? Was he just kind of breaking with tradition calling him, do you think? And that's what made that, you know, memory flash in his head, like, oh, well, this is way outside of character. It's usually Kate all the time. Yeah, yeah, could have been, could have been. And I don't think that flashing back to that memory has anything to do with how he feels about Randall right now. I think he was just remembering, though, that the thing that so affected their relationship over the years. Mm, Okay, okay. You know, uh, the bullying at school and, yeah, because that had to be tough for Kevin, too. Yeah. Clearly tough for Randall. I mean, we we know how tough that had to be for Randall. Yep, he's living it. Yeah, but for Kevin, too, now here he is having, he's in a position where he has to try to defend his brother all the time. Right, right. And maybe he doesn't even step up to the plate and do that half the time at school because he doesn't want to be put in the same category as his brother. He doesn't want to get picked on himself. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the one thing he does say to his mom, um, is to Rebecca, is, well, why does he have to be different? So, yeah, yeah, he does bring that right back into the home. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, he was flashing on that. And when he said, I wasn't a very good brother to you, Randall says, no, you weren't. But, you, <laughs> Ouch. but you've still got time. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch, yeah. Which, yeah, which I love that. Well, also, Randall saying you've still got time means he hasn't completely shut down on Kevin. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. And But then, this was the really cute part, because I think he starts to realize that Kevin is just right on the edge there. You know, for him to call him late at night and unload about this whole thing going on with his show, and he starts leading him in that big three cheer. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) and even Kate, drunkenly, because she hears... Kevin's side of the chair. She comes in right know, at throws her in point. Her, wee. her knee and wee. <laughs> I know it. And then afterwards, Randall says, oh, because he had told, Kevin had told Randall, I feel like I have to become a network whore. Oh, that's right. That's right. Go, that's right. go back to the show. And Randall says, mom and dad didn't no raise horse. no horse. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Except maybe during Kate's eyeliner <laughs> phase. <laughs> Oh man, that was that the first time we've seen. Or even though they weren't um, physically together, that was the first time we've seen interaction with the three of them, or with Randall and any of right. the other. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. I, I was pretty sure that was the first time that we saw in current day. You know, Kevin talking to Randall and, to and um, I think he hadn't. Yeah, but it's Kate's reaction. Of course, Kate's bomb. Right, right. You know, oh, Randall. But her reaction sounded like probably she and Randall talk all the time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, it sounded more natural coming from her, where Kevin looked a little sheepish about calling Randall. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But he takes Randall's advice about mom and dad didn't raise no Mm -hmm. horse because he says, you know what? I'm going to go do theater. I'm going to move to New York. Which is just so far out there. I'm like, what about baby steps? He's just going to up and, you know, reroute his life across the across yeah. the country? That was like... Well, now understand with Kevin's character, even up to now, it's all about... Yes, him. yes. He is very <laughs> self-centered. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's all about him. Although he did go to Kate's rescue when she, in the premiere, twisted her foot, oh, weighing yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah. Remember, because he was with, like, the two yeah, girls. Yeah, I remember that, yep. Yeah. And he passed that by to go help Kate. So he's got some redeeming value. There's still a whole lot of uh, me love there with Kevin. I, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I think so. Yeah, I think so. So then we go back. Now is when we go back to Randall and Beth. Yes. Because Randall's now hung up the phone. He realizes that he's alone in bed. She's not there because she has tiptoed out to go have a private chat. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And now, and this is what made her be, give a little more depth to her character. I really loved her in this scene because she's telling William about why she loves Mm -hmm. Randall and has, and why she has to protect him. Right. She says, um, she talks about Randall's drive to be perfect. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, I really liked her when she was, you know, saying, you know, he, he stressed himself to the point where he couldn't see. Like his perfection complex literally drove him to be blind. And she says, but he recovered. He recouped. He got himself back on track because that's what my yep. man does. Yeah. So... She explains why she feels protective of him and tells William that she needs some answers from him so she can protect her husband from being the perfect son to William. Yes. She, I I was a little nervous. I thought she was um, just kind of holding a grudge against against him because he had left Randall all those years ago. But, yeah, you're right. It does open up and let us know that she's really concerned about, you know, what she knows her, what what she knows Randall will do, which is go above and beyond. So, yes, that super protective mother, wife. Yeah. So that was very good. Yeah. Like my husband will give up everything he is to make sure you're taken care of. At this point, and she's still really suspicious mm-hmm. of William. She still thinks he's getting, he's taking money from them, um, asking for bus money, and then yep. going and buying drugs is yep. the bottom line, right? And Willie Randall comes in, he he interrupts, and William explains that um, he takes the bus three hours back home each day cat, to feed his which cat. Was- his cat Clooney, because that's all he has. An ugly cat, cat he says, named Clooney. <laughs> that's right. Ironic, because he's an ugly cat. And um, he said, I didn't tell you about the cat, because then you would tell me to bring the cat here. And I know the, the youngest mm-hmm. one has asthma. And I don't want to cause problems because I mm-hmm. don't want to leave Which here. was, I thought, a huge step for him to be able to say, you know what, I, you know, whatever happened in the past, I still want to be here. And, yeah, I, I thought that was huge yep. for his dad to be able to open up and let yeah. them know, you know, it's, it's not about what you guys are doing for me. It's the feeling that I'm getting from being in his family. So, yeah, I thought that was a very, very pivotal right. scene. Right. I love that. I love the dialogue. Yeah, he talks about. He talks about his doctor telling him he's only got three months left to live. And he wasn't, he didn't even give that a second thought because he didn't think he had anything to live for. 
but now being there with them, he so much loves the experience and, yeah, doesn't want to screw it up by even telling them he has a cat because then they would tell him to bring the cat there. And Beth says, well, now I feel like a bitch. (laughs) And makes them laugh. It kind of breaks the tension. Um, And it made me love her that she could say that. Like, well, now I feel like a bitch. You know, because I'm expecting you of buying drugs and you love us and you've been going three hours on the bus home and three hours back each day to make sure the cat's fed. I mean, that's no small ride for a man who's sick. I think Randall probably <laughs> felt a little bit of it, too. He was probably wondering a little bit, like, mm, where's he going and what's he really doing with the money? So I think it kind of lifted a big weight off his shoulders as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I can understand William doing it, even though how difficult it was for him to spend six hours on a bus every day. Because if you have a cat, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to. <laughs> you got to let them nudge your head, and they've got to, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you'll take a three-hour bus ride to get home so you can feed them. You know, you have to. You're like responsible yep. for the cat. So. Um, As the show comes to close, we're back in the 1980s. Okay. This morning, Jack has slept in his clothes outside the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. She comes out and says something about, you know, you you slept on the floor. And he said, I don't like sleeping far away from you. This was just the gushy, 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 super gushy dialogue moment. I was just like, oh. I could not stop saying, oh, I just felt like I know. so much love in that scene. It was. <laughs> and when he talked about, you know, asking little kids, little kids getting asked all the time what they wanted to do, and, and he didn't know until he was 28 years old and met her. Yes. And, uh, yes, he said he wanted to be the man that made her happy. Yeah. Uh. I know, I know. You just, you melt. Jack makes you melt every time. And he ain't bad to look at, so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. And he promises he's going to stop drinking, that he'll do it for her. And he says, from here on out, I'm going to be an 11 for you. Screw that. I'm going to be a 12 from you. For you, from here on out, I'll be an eleven for the kids. Yeah, and a twelve for you. You get a twelve. You get a twelve. Yeah. Yeah. And and when he says, "Do you forgive me?" and she says, "You slept outside our bedroom like a Labrador retriever." Of course, I forgive you. (laughs) That was super cute. Super cute. It was. It was. The dialogue. And what do you think is the significance of? um, Oh well, well. The next thing he does is he gives her the gift that he tried to give her. Right. She opens it. Date earlier today or whatever. What do you think that means? I don't. I didn't get that. The half moon necklace. I wasn't sure. That little crescent moon necklace. She says something about the song, so it must be referring to what their song is. I don't know what their song is. Okay. But. Yeah, she said something about our song. Ah, okay, I got you. I was a little lost there. I was like, well, is there another half to this necklace? Are we going to learn about that? Or did I miss it? Did I mention it in the first episode? I was wrecking my brain trying to figure out, what's this yeah. mean? I forgot. What's this mean? I know. But she puts it on and says, I'm never going to take, take it off. It off. Uh, okay. I'm never going to take it off. 
and they start kissing, and then the kids come out and just jump. Yeah, all I'll die. Which, I think they called it. Which that was the feel-good family payoff scene. Yep. Yep. Because, because then he's like reading to the kids, and they're all laughing, sitting on the floor. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. But then they we go back to current day at Randall's house. And, you know, they're with the kids, the girls getting them ready. And William gives the younger one her asthma inhaler. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then the doorbell rings and the girls yell, Grandma and Grandpa. <laughs> and you see when the door opens, they focus right on her chest. And you see the half yes. necklace is still around her neck. Yes. And then they come in. And it's McGow. Not Jack. Yeah. I was crushed then. I was crushed. I was like, oh, I know. no, what happened? What happened? Uh, I know. I know. And we don't yeah, know. We still don't, I yeah. mean, you're thinking, like, did they divorce? Did he die? And she's still wearing the necklace. So I don't think they divorced. I mean, there might have been, well, I don't know, if you go through divorce, is there enough animosity to not want to wear the necklace anymore? <laughs> Uh, that'd be kind of weird, I think, for Miguel if <laughs> if she did keep the necklace on, no matter how close they were when they, you know, when they yeah. were younger. I, I think that'd be a little weird if she kept. Yeah. So you think maybe Jack has Don't died? Don't say it. You see, you said it. You verbalized it. Now. <gasps> oh no, Joanne. <laughs> I know. I know. But I had I to because you know I I coach widows. That's part of my life coach business. I've just written the book and published it called Widowed. And when I saw this scene, I went, oh, my God, she was a widow. And it just, yeah. And here she is with his best friend. I wonder how often that can happen, that the widow ends up with her husband's best friend. I've heard of it happening, but usually, like, later, later in life, like maybe uh, a late-life marriage in the 50s and 60s. But yeah. but we don't know what happened to Jack. We don't know how long That's uh, right. she and Miguel have been together either. So there's yeah. so many. And we so don't know how long. I mean, we know Jack yeah. was still alive when they were eight years old. But yep. after yep. that, we have no idea. We have no idea. So, yeah, it really made me question it, especially in my book. I share a story about um, my husband's best friend. Mm -hmm. After he died, his best friend would call me and check up on me. He's on the other side of the country. Oh, how sweet. He's out in California. Mm -hmm. He was in New York at one point about eight weeks after Jim passed, and he said, I'm driving down uh, through New York, I'm going to stop and take you to dinner. And I said, wonderful. And Jim had only been gone for a couple months, so it just it didn't equate date at all, not to okay. either of us, you know. Right. Not to either of us. This was John would often stop by and take us both out to dinner when he was passing through New York. So I had dinner with, with him that night, and it was such a delight because – he was reminiscing about Jim. Jim. Mm-hmm. And we could both, we both sat there and told stories back and forth about Jim. And it was so comforting that somebody would sit and reminisce and talk to me. Because when you're a widow, people are afraid to even bring up your dead husband. Yes, yes. They don't know how far to go or, or what to say or, or what, what you're yeah. comfortable with. But yeah, those are yeah. stories that you both could relate to. I bet that was a really, yeah. really comforting and, time. Yeah, and as a widow, you want to talk about your spouse. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about your dead husband, right? 
So, yeah, having dinner with him gave me that comfortable exchange back and forth. It was so enjoyable. And, um, you know, and he's just stayed in touch off and on, you know, an email here, a phone call there. But it's always been um, just a really good friendship. And I feel like, you know, I'm just indebted for life to him for just staying connected because so many people fall away when you become widowed. Right, right. You know, and I imagine that would have happened for Rebecca because if she and Jack were friends with other couples Mm -hmm. and friends as couples, and if Jack died, now suddenly all of her couple friends are going to kind of fall away because she's the third wheel. She's not a couple anymore. Yeah, yeah. And not knowing when, if if he did die, not knowing when he died, she's got a lot yeah. on her hands now to 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 raise three kids, not one, not not two, oh, but yeah. three. So that might have wow. Kept yeah, her if he from passed away, if he passed away when they were still kids, Ugh. wow. I know. So I can't. I'm dying to know more about that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure everybody was as soon as they saw that it was Miguel that came in with her. Mm-hmm. Graham, and the little girls, apparently they've been together long enough that the little girls think of them as grandma, grandpa. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. The little girls didn't even question that relationship whatsoever. Yeah, how, how old do you think the youngest one is? Maybe eight or is she that old? I don't old? know. Or the, older, the oldest one. How old is she? Well, yeah, she's she was. Pre- she probably looked pre-teen. to be about the eight. older one is preteen. Well, they're pre-teen? all thirty six, right? Isn't that kind of the premise of the show that all the the relationship? That's what right. They all just had their thirty sixth birthday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm gonna do a little math in my head to try to. I don't want to. You know what? I don't want to calculate when Jack died. I don't want to know. <laughs> well, I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But clearly, I think it was before um, Randall had his girls. Or when the first girl was still too young to even really know. Yeah, it. you're right. You're right. Because to them, it was just all natural. It's hey, grandma, it's grandma, grandpa. grandpa. You're right. Yeah, it's not grandma. And Miguel, and you're right. Yeah, yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was quite an ending on this one. What I was so surprised and delighted with about this episode is now the premiere episode, of course, was phenomenal it had had that huge twist at the ending that just kind of brought everything together and left you in goosebumps and you know that for the premiere episode of a show they are i mean the writers are going to go to town on that episode because that's where they're going to hook their Mm -hmm. audience so you think this next episode is not going to be as good as the premiere yeah. Right. It's like, you know, usually, yeah, you get into the first few shows then after that premiere episode. And now they're just going to be like build character building and giving you some backstory. Yep. But this was just as good. I think it was even better because it without really telling you too much, it unpacked a lot of character. There are a lot of people involved in this story. There's a lot of different families. There's there's groups here there's there's kate and kevin then there's randall and kevin and there's uh randall and his wife and the kids and i think they didn't kind of sell anybody short with the character development which i think is an amazing thing for tv to do i i I love i absolutely love the storytelling and yeah i just hope that this momentum keeps up and they don't you know lead us astray and you know get lazy with the storytelling but yeah i I think you're right it was no i thought it was better than the first they were great (laughs) it was great it yeah. was. It was. Oh, and I forgot to mention, when they showed back at the end of the party, 
where now Kate and Toby are sitting there. Kate is kind of so oh, yeah, 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 up. Yeah. And she's telling him it's always the going weight. to be about yep. the weight. Yep. Yeah. It's always the thought, will the chair hold me? Will this dress fit me? It's always going to be about yep. the weight, you know, to let him know. Because he had asked for one fat-free evening and didn't get it. <laughs> and that's, you know, but she said, hey, I'm sorry. But And I, I so get yeah, that. Yeah, it's, it's so unfair, though. I, I get it, and she's being completely honest, but it is kind of unfair for Toby then because what does he do? That, what does he say to that? Like, how does he plan his next, you know, attack or his next move? Where does he go with yeah. that? It's always going to be about the way. Well, he just yeah. needs to be aware of it. And I think that's what she was telling him was you need to know if you're going to be in relationship with me, it's always yeah. going to be about the way. Yeah. That's brutal. You know. Um, which maybe he can start to break her away from that a little bit. Um, maybe they both start losing some weight, but I mean, I get it. I so get it, Kate. You know, when, when you're in the clothes sizes that look ugly on you and not, you know, you can't wear the cute little outfits and yeah, it becomes your lifelong mm-hmm. obsession, your, how you look and what you weigh. Um, it goes with most people who are overweight really hate to have their picture Guilty. taken. <laughs> because it's like if they take a picture of you, they're yeah, gonna see that you're yeah. fat. Like they're not like they're not looking yeah, at I you see. in reality and seeing who you are. But God, if don't take a picture because you're, you're I can identify fat. with that. I don't even right? take selfies. I hate taking photographs. I absolutely hate it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like it's so much about the weight, and it's so hard to not mm-hmm. obsess about that when you're overweight. So a lot of identifying with Kate, and I really want to coach her <laughs> out of that mindset. <laughs> hey, you know you know how um, some shows like talk, like uh, Walking Dead has Talking Dead afterwards? Maybe you could, uh, you could yeah. pitch a, uh, a, a life coach session for the people on This Is Us. What do you think of that? Hey, you got my vote. <laughs> right. I think that'd be awesome. That's right. Yep. Did I see something? Yeah, about there an is one. I think show? it's a. Um, it's either a web series or a. It's it's weird. It doesn't come on right after the show. I caught a blip of it. Um, you know, long ago, and I and I kept telling myself to look more into it. But there is something, some type of after show. I think it might be. Um, uh, either it's not a podcast. I think it's kind of a web. Uh, a, a web series or something like that. A, a, a web video. Yeah, something with like that. Yeah, there was another show that had something similar to that. I'll have to go look for that. Sure. I'll have to go look for that. Anyway, yeah, it's it been so fun to recap this with you. We don't have any listener feedback because this podcast hasn't even officially launched sure yet. It'll be about another week before we're up on iTunes. I love this TV series. It is so awesome. Again, thank you, Mary. Oh, thank you, Joanne. It's Terrific. been a blast. <laughs> I would love to hear what you all think of This Is Us, what moments in the last episode you've watched hit home, or if you want to share your comments about an episode. My email is joanne at joannethelifecoach.com. You can also find me on Twitter at, at the at symbol, joanne underscore life coach. I'm on Facebook at http dot facebook dot com slash joanne the life coach.
you'll find my website at joannthelifecoach.com. I'm the host and producer of Weight Coach Podcast and Widowcast Podcast. These are solo podcasts as a certified life coach and weight loss coach. If you're widowed or know a widow, you can grab my book as a Kindle download on Amazon. The book is titled Widowed, and it will be released in print in bookstores next year. Until next week, keep it going and real people, because this is us.